This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good morning, Almarie. So I think let's start with what blood pressure is, because I think even for myself, there was a long period of time where I would hear blood sugar and I would hear blood pressure. And I think I confused the two at one point. So I think it's important to start with the basics in terms of just the term blood pressure itself. Yes, it is very easy to confuse, I must say. Um, But blood pressure is the term given to the pressure of the blood that pushes against the walls of the arteries as it circulates around our body. So there's like a pulsation that happens Mm -hmm. to move your blood around your body. And the pressure of that pulsation is your blood pressure. Okay. So the blood pressure is something that are measured quite often. I know when you go to the doctor, that's one of the first things that they check. (laughs) Why is that? Why is that so important in our bodies and what does it regulate? So it regulates several functions. Obviously, your circulatory system is is dependent on your blood pressure. um, And it's, it's measuring the transport of the blood from the arteries to the heart and through the body and back again. Um, And so they normally use, there's two factors that they base the blood pressure readings on. You've got your systolic blood pressure um, reading, which Mm -hmm. is the the reading that measures the pressure in the arteries in the heart, so as the heart beats. And then you've got the diastolic blood pressure, which looks at the pressure in the arteries between the heartbeats, so when the heart is resting. So you'll always see two readings when they when they write down your blood pressure. It'll be like one one twenty over seventy, which is ideal, or one thirty over eighty. More or less, there is ideal depending on your age. And and that top number re- represents the systolic measurement, and the bottom number me- measures the diastolic measurement. So it's the resting versus the um, active heartbeat. Wendy, so what will be a normal blood pressure reading for an adult? So an adult should be around 120 over 70, sort of a young adult. And as we age, it can go up to, say, 130 over 80. And those would be your normal um, blood pressure ranges. How will a person know? So we're going to talk about hypertension as well as hypotension now in a bit. But how will a person actually know if something is wrong with their blood pressure or if the reading is perhaps not normal? Is it something that you'll only know when you get checked out or are there certain symptoms that you can look out for? Yes, very often, more often than not, it's silence. So you will only know that you've got a problem with your blood pressure if you have your blood pressure measured. Mm. Some people with high blood pressure will have symptoms like sort of a dull headache normally on the top of their head. Um, they, they, they might have, they, they, they certainly might have some symptoms like that, but more often than not, there's no symptoms. So it's one of those silent things that sure. you want to pay attention to and you want to check regularly. Wendy, so if we look at hypertension, if I understand right, that means that your blood pressure is high, so it's not the 120 over 70, which is ideal for an adult. What are some of the warning signs? You've spoken about that now, but maybe just in, yes, maybe let's also look at what are the risk factors if your blood pressure is too high? So the risk factors for high blood pressure are um, heart attacks and strokes. Those would be your two biggest ones, Um, but generally heart disease. And the thing with hypertension is that it doesn't just happen today. Mm. It's a long term, you know, it happens over a period of time. Those arteries start losing their elasticity. So we want nice elastic arteries so that they can move, they can, uh, you know, contract and and constrict as they need to. Mm -hmm. But when they don't do that, 
that takes time to happen. They lose that elasticity, and that's when that, that damage to the arteries is what causes the high blood pressure. So obviously that's not ideal for our bodies, and we would like to prevent that as far as possible. Are there things that one can do in your lifestyle to actually yeah, reduce high blood pressure or to even get it regular on a daily basis? Yeah. You definitely can. There, there are there are a number of things that can be done. Some people have a constitutional high blood pressure, so it's it's more genetic. They could be fit and healthy, and they could still struggle with high blood pressure. Mm. But we're looking at the average population um, whose lifestyle is not necessarily as healthy as it could be. So there, we want to make sure that we are uh, looking at a, an optimal weight. So obesity is not ideal. Um, chronic illnesses like diabetes, those can, those can contribute to high blood pressure as well. Um, and so therefore, if we are doing regular exercise, reducing salt intake, not everybody's blood pressure is affected by salt, but a lot of people who have high blood pressure should reduce their salt intake. Um, we've spoken about the weight, the weight loss. Managing stress is another very important one because stress pushes mm. your stress hormones up which then obviously increases the the blood pressure as well. Smoking is not ideal for for blood pressure. So if we can stop smoking, smoking puts more pressure. It makes your your arteries age faster as well. And then eating a well-balanced diet and, you know, maintaining balance in, in your life is what's going to be helpful to bring your blood pressure down. If you've only joined us now, I'm speaking to Wendy Christine, health coach and wellness practitioner at Integrated Health Solutions. Um, now to look at low blood pressure, and that's actually something that I suffer with. And I did not know that, like you say, until I was actually measured and I realized some of the symptoms that I experience are related to that specifically. Um, what, what defines as low blood pressure and what will be some of the signs that you maybe have that? So low blood pressure is when your blood pressure readings come in below the ideal 120 over 70, uh, especially if and you can be clinically diagnosed with hypotension if your readings are below 90 over 60. Hmm. So very few people get to that 90 over 60, um, but you can hover around 100 over you know, 60 or 102 or thereabouts, and it makes you feel really terrible. So you can have dizziness, lightheadedness, um, fatigue is very common, you know, that, that you just don't feel like you're energized, hmm. um, nausea, you can get all clammy and sweaty like you're going to faint. Fainting is another one as well, and it can make your vision blurred. So, you know, it's just your, your there's not enough blood circulating around your body and you have that faint feeling. So it, it disrupts your blood, uh, your blood, your, your vision. Mm-hmm. And then you've got um, mood can be affected by your um, low blood pressure as well. Your, that's a lot of things. And yeah, so someone can actually just think they don't have energy, but it can have to do with your blood pressure, you know, so it's so important yeah. to check that out. But as I understand, there are different categories also when it comes to hypotension, which you explained are more or less a low blood pressure, around about 90 over 60 or even lower than that. Yeah, you, you're unlikely to go lower than 90 over 60 unless there's been some trauma, um, severe shock, those kind of things. Most people, if they've got low blood pressure, they'll be around 90 over 60, mm. and that will be their consistent 
their, their consistent blood pressure. Okay. Um, and that feels bad enough. Yes. <laughs> when you go lower than that, you really are, you, you really are in trouble. Yeah. Um, like surgeries, for example, uh, and you've been lying flat for a very long time, your blood pressure can drop to below that 90 over 60. Um, and so you've got the three main types of uh, classifications for your blood pressure, mm-hmm. for low blood pressure. The one is your orthostatic hypertension, uh, which is a blood pressure that is most common or the low blood pressure that is most common. And this happens when you change position. So wow. if you go from standing to sitting or uh, so more, more likely from sitting to standing, lying to sitting up, then your blood pressure drops very quickly and you get that lightheaded, dizzy, faint sensation. Mm. So it's got to wait a little bit be- between movements before you can carry on going without falling over. Then you have the postprandial hypertension. Now, postprandial means after you eat. Mm-hmm. So sometimes food and the energy that is required to digest that food can cause um, you to have a drop in your blood pressure. Sure. And especially if foods are in, if there are intolerances to certain foods, that can cause fluctuations in blood pressure as well. Mm. And then the last one is the neurally mediated hypotension. And so that is, if we think neurally has got to do with your nervous system, so that's your neural system. And the nervous system, the hormones, the organs all work together in a very delicate balance to manage our blood pressure. And if there are abnormal reflex interactions between the heart and the brain, it causes this type of um, low blood pressure. And it often happens, especially with children, if you've been sitting for too long in one place mm-hmm. and you sit for too long and, and your, your blood pressure drops. Um, or it happens in the medical procedures like we spoke about a little bit earlier. So you're at the dentist or you're having blood drawn. It's traumatic for you and your blood pressure drops. And so you faint. Sure. Wendy, as we said earlier with our conversation, there's not so much focus, you know, in terms of what people can do for low blood pressure. But what can you do? You've mentioned a few things with high blood pressure that you can do to enhance that. But I'm curious to know what you can actually do with low blood pressure. So looking after the adrenal glands is very important for blood pressure because the adrenal glands um, play a role in the sodium and the potassium balance, which regulates your blood volume and your blood flow. Um, and your acidity levels in your body. And so adrenals are are linked to stress. And if we manage our stress and if we support our adrenals, so we can do that with supplements, there's a variety of supplements that are available for adrenals, depending on sort of where on the spectrum your adrenals need to be supported. That's very helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, Licorice root extract, for example. So there's some supplements that can be used. Um, Licorice nourishes the adrenal glands, but is also helpful to bring up the blood pressure. People with low blood pressure might need a little bit more salt in their diet. Um, So the Himalayan salts, uh, the minerals, those kind of things might be um, helpful for them. Um, And then obviously your exercise um, and um, uh, 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 for many, uh, dropping your head below your knees is not ideal. I suffer with low blood pressure as well. So things like yoga or Pilates where you've got to stand on your head are a bit difficult for me. But those, (laughs) those can be helpful. Because you actually want to drop your head lower than your legs when you oh. when you are um, doing stretches and exercises to encourage the blood flow to your head. But then you just need to be very careful when you yes. get back up again. <laughs> um, so there are a number of things that can be done, and more um, more natural things are available for low blood pressure than they are for high. Wendy, thank you so much for your time. That's Wendy Christine, health coach and wellness practitioner at Integrated Health Solutions, and we're looking forward to next week. 
Thanks so much, Elmarie. Have a great Thursday. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.